Hey, candy lickers, want in on a future episode of Cassio's Cut? There's only two ways you can do it. One, be famous and highly entertaining. But then you probably wouldn't want to be part of a lowbrow podcast like this, would you? Or two, stuff Cassio's box. Sound appealing? I thought it might. It's real easy. Mail anything, and I do mean anything, to Cassio's Cut, P.O. Box 19065, Huntsville, Alabama, 35804. Homemade creations, love letters, clothing, or food. Yeah, Castillo really likes that. Human skin, a picture of your house. We don't care. Send it all. Stuff your package in Castillo's box today. Castillo's Cut, P.O. Box 19065, Huntsville, Alabama, 35804. What's up, Candy Lickers? Pleased to meet you. Nice to know me. What you doing? You listening to another edition? I'm your host, Cassio, and I'm joined by another one of the greatest hosts ever, Mr. John Alba. What's up, my man? Man, I'm so happy. We've been talking about doing this for a while. I'm glad we finally <laughs> get a chance to. Uh, I have no idea what I'm in store for, but I'm very excited to chat with you. Man. It's been a long time coming. You're in the cut, brother. It's exciting. First of all, yes or no, will you be at StarCast? That's the plan. I, okay, good. You you know more than me than I do. <laughs> like I know, man. I just well, that line, huh? You know my, more than my, me than I do. <laughs> that, that sounded very Alabama. <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest with you. It felt really it comfortable. Felt, to it me. felt right for you. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I didn't hear anything wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I I, I think I'm going to be there. Everything is. It's going to be a hell of an event. Ric Flair's last match, some awesome panels, great meet and greets. It's going to be exciting, man. I am, uh, yeah, that's one of my problems when I do these interviews with people that I know is going to be there. I don't know what is announced yet or not, so I get in, either get in trouble or I'm like, mm. you know, I just interviewed Road Dog, and I'm like, are you going to be at StarCast? And he's like, yeah, I was one of the first ones announced. I'm like, buddy. <laughs> I can't remember what's happened, but you know, Cassie, yeah. my, my mentor in the broadcasting industry is the Iron Eagle. I don't know how big of a sports fan you oh, are. Oh, you know, come on! One of the best play-by-play guys in, in the country. Incredible. Uh, he's been my mentor since I was 16 years old, and the thing I learned from him is pre-production is production. Your broadcast <laughs> will only be as good as the preparation you do ahead of time. I'm very, very, very comforted by the fact that you did no preparation whatsoever no i'm by the seat of our pants i, I don't even know if i'm pronouncing your name right i'm you done. did I'm, you did okay <laughs> you did yes very much that's so. the first win of the whole podcast no doubt uh john alba for those who don't know emmy award-winning sportscast you've been in you've been in uh tv sports for a long time yeah i've spent the last decade or so in some capacity in 
television, sportscasting, now podcasting. It's been a cool journey, man. I worked at the network level with Major League Baseball Network. I've done the local sports gig. I was a sports director at 22 years old at an ABC Fox affiliate in New England. Then I was in Orlando for a while. Now we're just bouncing all around, man. Uh, you spent time in Maine, correct? Yeah. Yeah. My first time. Are you from there? Where are you from? I'm from Jersey originally. Jersey. Jersey. And then you, so you're in school and you're like, I think I want to do sports. Cause it's always, I, I'm in radio, of course, and TV has always fascinated me of, Hey, I want to take a next level. Go, let me go TV. When did you go? I want to be a sports guy on television. April 10th, 1998. Really? I'm one of those rare people that knew exactly what they wanted to do from a really young age. And it's, it's a blessing and a curse because it's great in that, you know, how you can like focus yourself and be like, I'm going to commit to this. This is what I'm going to do in my life. But at the same time, it's a negative because it also consumes you and it's everything you want. And you feel like if you don't reach that point, then you're failing in some capacity. But yeah, I was watching the Yankees athletics home opener in 1998 and it was a 17-13 final, which as you know, as a baseball fan, 17-13, that's insane, right? Of course, in hindsight, we're talking like height of steroid era, (laughs) everyone on the team is juiced up. It's great. Great baseball. No, it was fantastic. I turned to my mom and I said, I want to be the guy that talks about that someday on TV. Really? Mm -hmm. And that's... How the path was laid from that day on, man. What year? What? How old were you? I was five years old. You were five. I was five. In '98, you were five. First yeah, of all, I, I know. I'm so bad. I, I turned thirty this coming year. Okay, so buddy, I graduated in '97. You made me feel real old I mean, now, buddy. It, I can't control <laughs> that you're old as shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can't control that. I can only control me. I can't. I think I've said it on the pod before if not for sure radio uh when i was five when i was like maybe five to seven somewhere in that tiny age like you and you start having you don't remember them but you have those grown-up talks with your parents Mm -hmm. and my mom said uh what do you want to be when you grow up and i told her a comedian or a brain surgeon and well you made one of them happen my, my mom, being a very Southern religious lady, was like, I prayed for many years for a brain surgeon. <laughs> She's like, you made me question my faith. <laughs> oh, now it ended up. But uh, that's that's pretty cool, man. Just, you know, sticking with it. That We're going to get into the countdown here in just a second. And that kind of answers one of them. But uh, and I, we'll spin off of that. But. You've got tons of stuff we're going to get to. You're now a, uh, a fellow host on ad-free shows. Um, so we're going to talk about that. TV-wise, here's the deal. I, I got out of radio for a while, but I think the radio itch kind of sticks with you. I guess kind of just whatever it is. Does the TV sports casting itch kind of stick with you, even though you're doing, you know, you got a ton of stuff going on, but does that itch stick with you a little bit? Well, I think what I'm doing right now, where I'm doing video and audio shows on multi-platform, yeah. I think that's where the industry is going. We're it's kind of the itch. 
we're, we're kind of moving away from traditional TV being a thing, right? You know, people are cutting the cord, all that kind of stuff. So I recognize that the industry is changing. And if I can fulfill a, a significant part of me where I'm still doing on-air work, be it live or pre-taped, whatever it may be, and am feeling fulfilled in the work that I'm doing, well, that's what's most important at the end of the day. You need to feel fulfilled in whatever the job you're doing. And for me, getting to talk to, I, I've been a huge pro wrestling fan my entire life, as well as a traditional sports fan. So being able to work with guys like Kurt Angle and Matt Hardy and Eric Bischoff, Jim Ross, that's immensely fulfilling for me. So, yeah. and, and I don't have to put myself through the insane rigorous schedule that is local television, where I was working 13, 14 hours, five to six days a week. It's just not, it's not a healthy lifestyle, you know? I know, I know, uh, personally here in Huntsville, Alabama, you know, sportscasters, weather guys, news guys, the whole deal, of course. And, uh, you know, it's just like radio. You, You see how much they're doing just to get to one 30 minute broadcast, one back to back 30 minute, but just to see what they all have to do. And I I assume everybody, you know, is like the glamor of television, but just to, you're your own personal (laughs) producer. You're your own, a lot of times your own, you know, personal cameraman. And like, it's a whole ordeal to be a TV sportscaster. It it is. And, the beauty of it is that you become really good at a lot of different things and it makes you very well-rounded. I can shoot, I can edit, I can write, I can talk, I can do all these different things, but it is a grind. And I used to subscribe to the mentality of the grind, like got to grind it out. But I think the grind, as I've learned over the years, is actually a really unhealthy mentality to have. I think you have to know when to be able to step back and breathe and protect your mental health. I'm a really big mental health advocate. And I think you have to know when too much is too much. You're a former radio guy in the early stages of your career. And since you've dabbled back in, I'm sure you would even say that there's probably been a difference in your approach to when you started yeah. to how it is now for you. Yeah. It's a, it's a, yes, it's a totally different ballgame. That's a good, that's a good way to put it. You, you, you learn what's best for you. Mm-hmm. And best for the product that you're putting out on. This is what I have to focus on to get the best product out. Uh, we're going to get to, I, I'm glad you brought up mental health advocate. We're going to touch on that as well. We're going to touch on the pods you got going on. Uh, but we're going to go early on. We're going to go hit you with the countdown, 10 questions, kind of get to know you. They've never heard of John Alba. And I mean, I don't even know the Lucky them. I don't even <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know the answers to these. This is why I ask these questions. So we're going to get to know John Alba real quick. Number 10, we're going to go 10 to 1. 10, name something that's a perfect 10 in your life. My hair. Oh, you do have good hair. I'm As a bald <laughs> man, is, I'm jealous. This is award-winning hair, Casio. <laughs> what do you I'm, mean? In 2018, <laughs> I won a hairy award. Which is, award. Out, which is given out regionally to the best hair in local news. Oh, and it is given out by an organization called getgoodhead.com. Uh huh. I'm gonna hmm. don't misspell that, but I'm gonna oh. look it up <laughs> just, just for research purposes. I'll have to, uh, <laughs> I have to explain that to the wife later, but getgoodhead.com. Getgoodhead.com. Yes. 
Uh, yeah. They gave you an award for best hair. Got a nice little care package, some mm. hairspray, some hair cream. So I said, that, that created the shift for me from hair gel to hair cream. It was a big momentous. Really? Occasion. Yes, big time. Well, that was a, that's what I was about to say for this. I mean, you might have it done before the pod, but today, how much money, how much time did you spend on your hair? My hair is pretty well trained at this point. Okay. So it knows what to do. I get you out sling of the some cream in and go. I, I get out of the shower, <clears throat> hit it with a uh, hair dryer, like a uh, you know, blow dryer. Then once it kind of stands up on its own, toss a little cream in it, toss a little hairspray just to keep the hole, then we're good to go. Wow. So not much work. It knows. It's like a dog. I mean, it's work, but not much time involved. No creature of habit. What do you do when you're on the road? Are you using the hotel hair dryer? Oh, God, no. I bring my own. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> on, man. So when I see you at Starcast Nashville, you're going to have a yeah. hair dryer with you. Oh, 100%. <laughs> do I look like a sociopath, Cassio? Yeah, no, I do. You just my... don't want to risk it or you don't trust the hotel air so dryer. The problem is a lot of the hotel air dryers, blow dryers, whatever you want to call them, they don't have enough air pressure a lot of the time. Oh, okay. So, well, I wouldn't know, but yes. No, okay. of course. Thank you not. for teaching us. Yes, I, I live to serve the unwashed masses. <laughs> and, so, yeah, so you have to have ample what would the word force, I guess that would be the, the word. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's a velocity. Velocity. Yes. Velocity of the air. Okay. Yes. There, there are, there are physics to this. So uh-huh. yeah, man, that's a significant part of this. And I, I have started, this is, I'm breaking some news here. Okay. I have started recently dabbling in moose. I feel like moose was a very nineties. Moose was a very 80s, 90s product. No, I think it went out, too. You're saying it's coming back? I'm not sure if it's coming back, but I'm bringing it back. <laughs> so I was told that would give me a little more depth because the problem is, Casio, I spend so much of my day with my headphones pressing down on my hair. So it's starting to lose some depth. So I no. got to bring it back. And I was told that some moose and a brush will help bring some of that depth and volume back. You're going to have to go earbuds. I've done the earbuds. I hate earbuds. I, I don't like them either. I don't like them either. I'm old school radio. I need to, me too. Like you got, I need the biggest you can find. I want to <laughs> land planes with them. You know what I mean? Like those, <laughs> I need those big headphones when I'm in the studio. All right. We're going to get to the countdown. We're going to get to know John Alba. Then we're going to talk about all you got going on. And that's a lot going on. All yes, right. So we got the perfect 10 in your life is your hair. Nine. When you were nine years old, you kind of answered this. What did you want to be when you grew up? Sportscaster. Yeah, yep. Backup plan. Was there ever a backup plan? No, there was never a backup plan. No. I, knew, I knew I was going to do it. I, I was going to do it. It was a simple. You sound like an Instagram motivational speaker right now. Well, there's no backup me, plan. People tell me I'm a knockoff Chris Van Bleet, so I'm trying to service <laughs> that. But yeah, by the way, I, that's a good knockoff to be. It, it he's. A I'm a knockoff to, Bobby Hill. So you're, if you're, Chris that's fair. Man, like, that's you're fair. Now, nah, man, I, I just kind of always knew I wanted to do that. I, it, it's funny though, as I like actually broke into TV, I became much more open minded to doing other things outside of just sports. I really love doing lifestyle stuff. One of my podcasts that I host is a lifestyle show for all intents and purposes. If in a dream world I could be Guy Fieri. That's what I'm doing from a living. Really? I actually, I auditioned to 
host a triple D style show. And, and I got past the first round of auditions, but it was incredibly competitive. And they went with somebody who actually had culinary background. And crazy. <laughs> you actually need some sort of culinary background. To do I was about that. to say, do you cook? I love to cook. I love to cook. But I, my mom is a fantastic Italian cook that just eyeballs everything. So I kind of learned that way. Okay. And I was like, yeah, I could do this. I auditioned for that. And then I put myself in to audition for a game show. Like not to be on a game show, like to host a game show. Because okay. I would love to host a game show one day. But that was super competitive too. Really? Who? What? Do you want to tell us what game show? Do we? Do we want to hate somebody? I don't even remember. Want to hate I, I, beat you out? No, I don't even. It was a pilot for a game show, and I don't even think it ever got picked up. It didn't so, pop off. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it even got picked up. But I will jack that idea for it one day and bring it back. Solitaire <laughs> Networks. So I got to keep it low key and play it t- tight to the chest. So I, that was always something that was appealing to me when I was around like nine, ten years old. I was like, I could do that too. So. Yeah. Game show host. Yeah. 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 I saw a uh I saw a comedian on on television. Um, it was one of the times it was like I probably a Friday because I got to stay up late. And I saw a, one of the late night shows. Uh and I can't even remember what late night show it was, but I saw a comedian on there. And that was when I was like, I don't know what's happening here. That's what I want to do. But that's it, bro. Awesome. I looked around. My grandparents were there. My parents were there. They're howling, laughing. And I was like, I want this control. I want whatever's happening here. I'm in on it. You know what I call that? I call that your big bang moment. Yeah. That, that, that's I, And I do that in a lot of interviews, too. When I ask what got people into pro wrestling or whatever, it's what is your big bang moment? And Bruce Springsteen described it on his Broadway show as his big bang moment was the moment he saw Elvis on the Ed Sullivan show thrust his hips because after that big bang moment the world changed so your world changed after seeing that on tv and i I did i think that's awesome by the way i think we're uh give or take 15 minutes in before you mentioned springsteen way later than i thought (laughs) i mean i could rattle off springsteen is the closest (laughs) thing i have to religion buddy so uh, springsteen and acdc are the two closest things i have to religion i'll I'll tell you the joke i heard i think it might have been Stephen wright i'm gonna get hate mail or whatever for what it's wrong. But the joke that I heard that really set it off for me was I like my women. Like I like my coffee. Any guesses? I like my women. Like I mean, immediately I think of airplane and that's not a PC thing to say back, but <laughs> he said ground up and in the freezer. <laughs> The entire room I was in died, and I went, I don't know even what that means, but I, I'm but in on hilarious. That was my big bang moment. There it that is. specific joke, I'm always in on. I love All that. right. Number eight, when you die, what's your last meal? Last thing you ate when you go out. This is mix and match. You can go all restaurant if you want. You can all go. You said you have an Italian mother that cooks. You can go homemade stuff. This is all across the board. Now, I want, if you want an appetizer, get one. If you want okay. dessert, get one. Wow. I'm going to need to know your drink, too. Okay. What's your last meal? I'm a slut for Asian cuisine. Really? I put out for Asian. <laughs> Particularly eel sauce. I love eel sauce, like sushi, eel on sauce. On anything. Oh, 
dude, I make my own eel sauce. Like I really, and that's not something people normally make on the road. No, I was about to say, what's in homemade eel sauce? Mirin, some soy sauce, and some sugar, and that's really it. Okay. So Mirin's uh, Japanese rice wine vinegar, I believe. So are you? So are you? Do you think yours is better than what you can get? So you just always use yours? No, I'm going to go everybody's. I've just made it because I, I'll use it for other things that I make. And it's what's awesome. the last thing you put it on? Give me an example. What do you put eel sauce on? Well, sushi, I, it would primarily be used for, but homemade you could, eel sauce. But you could tell if for homemade eel sauce, you could use it if you did like a hibachi style chicken kind of thing. You could use it for uh, like a teriyaki salmon, like stuff like that. But still Asian flavor. You're not going like scrambled eggs. I'm throwing nails off. So, so I have a really diverse palate, an extremely diverse palate. I'll try anything. There is one food in the world that I can't stand and am repulsed by. Oh, and no. That is eggs. I can't stand eggs. Wait, any type of egg? Any type of egg. Boiled eggs, scrambled, fried. Can't do it. Can't do it at all. Oh, wait, wait. It's a staple in fried rice. So if it's in fried rice... I, 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 I sometimes make an exception because at that point it's basically chicken. Yeah, it's but, chopped up. Yeah. yeah. But, but if I can eat around it, I will try to eat around it. So that's really that's the only food. Now, if it's like a binding ingredient in something, like if you need it to make a cake, fine with that. that's fine because you're not tasting it. It's all that. But as an individual item, I cannot do it. So fried rice, there's a big chunk. You're going to move it to the side. Yes, moving it to the side. Mm-hmm. It's the only wow. food in the world. Only food in the world. I will. Bro, I've had some very exotic foods, and that is the only thing in the world. There's been foods it, I don't is like. Is it mental? Is it taste? What's happening? Everything. Everything. Really? And I'm repulsed by the smell, the taste, the texture, <laughs> everything. And I don't You're know the what first, it was. bro. You're I the first. I don't know what it was. Well, Guy Fieri hates eggs, too. Does he really? He does. He can't. If you watch any Triple D, anything that has eggs, he, like, won't touch it. It's hilarious. Now, I mean, I love Triple D. Now, I've never, but I've never attention. picked up on that. He pay doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. Yep. He'll eat around Whoa. it or he won't touch it. It's so funny. Uh, but as for my last meal, I think it would be some sort of sushi or a good, like, meal. Are you all raw? Are you like, you're not, I mean, you, you're talking about you got a great palate, so you're not just California roll stuff. You're like, oh no, 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 you need no, no. the shimmy on it. You need I'll everything. 100%. I love spicy tuna. I love spicy salmon. I love, okay. I've got a good spice tolerance. So um, I have chronic acid reflux, which makes life <laughs> a lot of fun. But outside of that, uh, yeah, my heart lights on fire. But outside of that, um, anything your mom's cooking? If I'm having something that my mom's cooking, she makes just absolutely insane. Uh, lasagna, ziti, that kind of stuff on another level. Really? On another, just incredible. I'm also the type that will go on YouTube at two in the morning and just YouTube smoking videos of like ribs and different kind of things. What, do like, you have I'll a smoker? Uh, yeah, I got a smoker back there um, that I actually used for Father's Day recently. And it was my first right. time doing like competition style <laughs> okay. uh, baby back ribs. Okay. Freaking awesome. It was so good. They were good. Oh, they were awesome. I followed this like pit master from Texas and, and how to do it. And it was awesome. Okay. What's the dessert? Mm. Are you a dessert guy? Yeah, I love I love desserts. Uh, okay. 
That's hard to narrow down then. Probably something. I, I, I definitely love a good like hot brownie, something like that. That's brownie ice cream. Well, bra- brownie, like uh, actual brownie. But uh, in we talked about this on the Lives of Wrestling podcast and it got picked up by all the wrestling websites. I refer to myself as a slut for caramel. <laughs> caramel caramel uh so anything so like a salted caramel brownie would be that's pretty much it behind me i don't know if you can see it it's kind of the the light is it's right uh there it is i've got the old smoky tennessee whiskey that is oh. the salted caramel flavor and it is like is that the, most heavenly, the most heavenly thing i've ever anything salted caramel you're in i'm a slut i put out <laughs> you by the way, here's what I find out. You put out a lot. I put out a lot. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a, Are you I'm, married? I'm not married. I'm single as shit, man. Can you imagine why? Because you're a whore. That's why. Because <laughs> I'm a whore. Exactly. For I'm, Asian food I'm a whore for inanimate objects. That's the problem. And it's not like one of those sexual fetishes where people are like, "Oh yeah, I'm attracted to a plane." It's just like. <laughs> it's just like. Man, you're I, just loose, man. You got you're loose. That's all right. You know what it is, Cassio. Being in TV <laughs> news for so long, I had you could show personality, but you had to be within a certain parameter, right? Right. Now that I have a chance to actually show some of my personality, game on. I feel like I have pretty good self awareness where I can make fun <laughs> of myself. And if we can lean into that, then that's that's the best part of what we do, you know. All right. All right, we're good. We're good. Uh, we got the we got the last meal. All right, seven. We got ten on eight. Seven. If I gave you seven million dollars right now, what would you buy first? I'm a huge stadium memorabilia guy. I'm not a huge sports memorabilia guy, but I stadium love stadium memorabilia. I love stadium memorabilia. As I, in, I would love the first purchase I would do would be to get some old Yankee Stadium seats. Oh, see, oh, those, those are those are balls. Yeah, I I think they run for a pair. It's about sixteen hundred, and I would that would be the first thing I'd buy. I I have a buddy, Cole Kublik, former guest on the show, former co-host. Uh, he has Yankee Stadium seats from the Very old cool. stadium, and when he told me he bought them, I was like, "That's fucking silly." I'm just going to be honest. When you sit in them, it's so. And cool. I went to his house, and I was like, I saw him set up. And I went, that's pretty damn cool. Yeah. Uh, so you would go Yankee Stadium seats. Yeah, and then I'd probably buy some Fenway seats too. Stadium memorabilia. I've love stadium memorabilia. Yep, love stadium well, memorabilia. Is there anything else in that group besides seats? Or is seats like the main deal in that genre? I think seats probably are the more most visually attractive. Some people have dirt. I actually do have some Yankee Stadium dirt. Like from the old stadium, right? Okay, but that that's that, cool. That does. I don't get my rocks off on that Casio. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, not enough for your kings, like we've heard. Okay, that's right. That's right. So yeah, I'd say seats, seats, or if there was maybe something that was exclusive to that venue that was really special, and I'd probably do that. So you you're a Yankees fan, as we can tell by the posters behind you. I grew up a Yankee fan, but working for Major League Baseball, I learned to just, and when you're a sportscaster, you kind of have to check your fandom at the side. Wherever you're at, you got to root for. So it's not even just rooting, it's just you have to view it objectively. 
So I, in new England, I covered the Red Sox during a world series run. So that's just how it, and I loved covering the Red Sox. I had a blast covering Red Sox as a kid. I hated Pedro Martinez with every fiber of my body, but I was his producer at MLB network. (laughs) So (laughs) I love, first of all, he is incredible. The one of the greatest ever. I mean, I hate you because you're a uh, Yankees fan, especially 90s Yankees. Good, I hate you too, Cassio. And I'm a Braves fan, so it really hurts me. But uh, objectively, it's if you go back and – I mean, I know we, me and you watched it. You're a little younger than me, of course, a little. Uh, we watched it at a younger age and realized how dominant he was. But if you go back and look at his stuff now, it's like – Brother, it's really unrealistic. It's, it's like insane. it's video game numbers. Dude, I would be in a production meeting with Pedro at MLB Network, and he would explain the difference between releasing a fastball here versus here. And <laughs> that was just otherworldly. That's how I yeah. feel. Honest to God, that's how I feel if I'm doing a watch along with Arn Anderson and he's yeah. explaining stuff to me. That's exactly how I feel. But what a great era that we grew up in watching baseball insane the, the 90s was a tremendous time a, a drug ridden you know but well, that's okay I, how about this i don't care no it, it made the game so exciting and niche 90 90s and 2000s baseball is that is me and that's my personality i am obscure 90s and 2000s baseball knowledge so i mean they they might i know the hitters were absurd but it also and Hey, look, a lot of pictures might have been on it. We don't know. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's but, why I don't fault them. But, my yeah, that's my point. No, I love it. I don't I don't care. I want all of it. Yeah. Oh, bring Barry it Bonds, back. Let's hit Barry, fucking 100. Yeah. <laughs> Barry Bonds but, is the greatest hitter I've ever seen, and the fact that he's not in the Hall of Fame is tragic. But it also, as a Braves fan looking back on it now, I'm like, bro, that the Greg Maddox era is absurd. Yeah, absurd. never going to happen again. He did that. He did that. I don't even care if somebody went tomorrow that he was on steroids, which I've never heard in my life, and he doesn't look like he was. But my point was, he did that in the steroid era, mm-hmm. which was yep. absolutely mind-boggling. Well, and you think the fact that they had Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz, three top-tier Incredible. elite starters, which you're never going to see again in baseball because the game has changed so much. So it's incredible. incredible. And then the back end, rotating their, their Avery and Wollers and the, mm-hmm. the rest of them, just yeah. – Absolutely insane. All right. We're going to get 90s baseball. You can deep. keep going, man. That's fine. Let's do it. a 90s baseball pod. That's I would love that. Brad Free Show. Hell, it's a Dave Green. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Six. Uh, this is going to be interesting. What do you have more of? What do you have more than six of around your house? So, what do you have? What do you collect? What's on the walls? What do you have more than six of around your house? Tars. Really? Mm-hmm. I did not see that coming. This is my spring. Uh, this is my yellow telecaster. Uh, is that oh, what he plays? I don't, I don't that's, know. That's, my, no, that's, that's like his like iconic guitar. Yeah. Uh, he plays the yellow Stratocaster. Yellow Telecaster. Yep. What's your favorite guitar? Um. So that guitar, it's not my favorite, but it was actually built from pieces of other Fender Telecasters and made into one Telecaster, which was That's really super cool. cool. Oh my God, that to me is a gift. Um, my favorite. It's not is, your favorite though. No, it's not. I have a red ES339 that 
has a little hollow body and I, I love playing that thing. So why, why did you hit it? Why do you love it? So I actually got it out of necessity. I have kyphosis in my upper back. You probably know what scoliosis is. Okay. Um, kyphosis is basically scoliosis but in the upper back where scoliosis is oh it's a lot less common than scoliosis that sounds fun I'm gonna it's honest. not fun i was in a back brace as a kid it was <laughs> they, they made movies about back me you know, like, yeah mm-hmm. that i was definitely the subject of a lifetime movie at some capacity. okay <laughs> um, but i i had a i still have it a, a les paul which is a beautiful guitar that's like the stereotypical guitar yeah. for anyone who's not familiar it's what Jimmy Page would play, Slash, all that good stuff. Great guitar. But uh, it's heavy as hell. It's really heavy. And I was playing gigs and my back was shot by the end of these shows. So I was Just like, from guitar weight. Oh, yeah. I, oh, Les that's Pauls incredible. Are, Les Pauls are heavy, man. And if you don't have a super strong upper back supporting that, then it's it's not going to be great for you. So I really only play that one if I'm like resting it on my lap at this point. So I was like, okay, really? let me go. Yeah, I was like, let me go get another one. And I found this lightweight ES339. I always wanted like a Gretsch Jet. Malcolm Young from ACDC is the reason I play guitar. I'm a rhythm okay. guitarist because of Malcolm Young. So I always wanted like a Gretsch Jet, but they're always out of my price range. So I found something that could get me a similar sound in that. And I love playing that. It's a great guitar. Really? Who you who you jamming with? So I used to play in bands. Uh, I, I toured all around the East Coast. I toured through Canada a couple times. I played in some like alt-punk bands, that kind of vibe. Uh, I Every now and then I still guest with a pop-punk band that my buddy runs, which is for fun. Now I just kind of play on my own, though. I don't really. When are you picking it up and going, here's Wonderwall? Are you doing that? <laughs> no, I'm I'm very much a rhythm guitarist. I love the okay. it's funny because most guitars would be like, I gotta learn the leads, I gotta learn songs. I appreciate when a song is built in great rhythm and a great rhythm section. Okay, is chef's kiss for me when I listen. Okay. So I oh, air I drum on everything. I air drum on everything. Oh, I'm I mean, you're not better than me, but yeah. <laughs> I'm an incredible air You drummer. sounded like Conrad Hardcore right there when you said <laughs> No, <laughs> I'm an incredible air drummer. That's my jam. I'm in it. All right. Good to know. Guitarist. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. World How many class, do you got? World-class karaokeist, by the way. Um, uh, really? I love karaoke. Um, right now, we go to the karaoke bar. What's your first song? <clears throat> Burning Love by Elvis. Really? Or maybe in the movie? I haven't seen it yet, but I definitely will. Come on, John. Um, maybe I'm busy filling in for people on podcasts, but uh, maybe maybe Brandy by uh, Looking Glass. Say that same Brandy. That that's one. Really? Time. In Nashville, if you want to sing, I'll sing with you. Let's do it. Done. We need to work um, up a karaoke show. Let's do it. Um, how many guitars do I have? I think I have seven. Okay. All right. Done. All right. Uh, five. What? Five finger discount. What's the last thing you stole? Stole? You what? It was the last thing stolen by John Alba. The hearts of all the ladies that watch oh, watch the wrestling. Come on, you tell me <laughs> you were single. Man, that's right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you had stolen shit. <laughs> um, come on, teenager. You had to. You had to 
I'm genuinely thinking. I'm genuinely thinking. Um, a hat, candy. I've definitely you clearly you, you got somebody's password for a streaming service. That that honest to God, like you straight up just answered it. That is one hundred percent it. And I know exactly which streaming service. I'm not going to say which streaming service. Yeah, why not? Is. They're not going to find you. <laughs> I you don't, think I HBO don't. listens to this show? <laughs> Thirteen people listen to this show. That's a valid point. Um, um, what about hotels? Do you still stuff from hotels? I have definitely you travel stolen. a lot. I have definitely stolen if I find a nice little shampoo bottle. Well, sure. What about pillow? No, I get weirded out by that. That's uh, I actually bring my own pillow with me every time I travel just to have. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say this on a lot of pods. So everybody that listens will roll their eyes. But number one thing stolen from hotel rooms. What do you think? Towels? Nope. Hmm. It's my favorite question. Random question asked me. TV remote? Close. Not the TV. The batteries from the remote. The batteries from the remote. Okay. Number one stolen thing from hotel rooms. Isn't that crazy? That's just so lame. You ever did it? No, I've never done I've never even thought that's, about that. That's what I'm like. Wait, who needs AAA that bad? Yeah. I need them right now. <laughs> I'm taking them right now. All right. Uh, four, the very most important question on the countdown. You're a thin guy. You might even not even eat these, but Mount Rushmore of Little Debbie cakes. Can I go Little Debbie products, not just the cakes alone? What do you mean? Because they, they have other products other than just cakes. Well, I mean, what, what t shirt? What are you talking no. about? <laughs> no, no, no food products. Okay, like, what do you got? Lil Debbie, I'm pretty sure, is the manufacturer for a Cosmic Brownie. And a Cosmic yeah, yeah. No, Brownie. that's that's considered, yes. Okay, okay. Is so, that yeah, your I'm, number one? I'm going Cosmic Brownie because... Oh. Cosmic Brownie. Tremendous. <laughs> Cosmic Brownie. I got the fake M&M's. It, it is the richest thing you will ever put in your mouth. Like, Super rich. <laughs> like Incredible. artificially rich beyond belief. Yeah. But, Put on your diabetic socks. As soon as you eat it. I, I'm in. I would be working in college super late nights because I ran the television station there. And so yeah, I'd be doing all that after class. Be 14, 15, 16 hour days for me. And the only thing I could ever find at like the school cafeteria late at night were cosmic brownies. <laughs> so that was like my late night snack. So I, I became accustomed to that. I got okay. those. The... They got the mini brownies too. You know those like circular ones. Oh, like brownie them. bites in the brownie back. B- yeah, they're like brownie bites in the back. Yes, those. Gotcha. That's front number two. Really big uh, brownie guy. I love I love brownies. Um, big brownie guy. Well, you talking about earlier? Big brownie. I'm a slut for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, you put out for cosmic brownies. Yes. Okay. The. They they make the chocolate cupcakes right the, with the white swirl on top, and they the do. They have filling. a version of that. Yes. Number three, number four Ooh. probably is probably a zebra cake. Number four, zebra cake, oh. not Christmas trees. Mm. Yeah, Christmas tree. You're right, Christmas tree. That's it. I'm picking up. See, there's a debate. Some people yeah. are like, "Hey, no, I they just taste different." They taste different. Christmas tree. They ta- I mean, it's the same thing. No, they taste they sh- But they shape different and they throw the sprinkles on them. Mm-hmm. Christmas tree. I just changed your Mount Rushmore. 
I mean, you etched in zebra cakes, <laughs> and I changed you. You know, it's it's funny, Casio. It's have you had the like, zebra? Uh, they have the zebra cake like I don't know bars now. No, never. Had not, that. I'm not a fan. I mean, I'm out. Don't get me wrong. I'll eat them right now. But <laughs> zebra cakes are the OG. Uh, really, no oatmeal cream pie, no nutty buddy, um, no honey do, bun. Do they make devil dogs? Uh, is that the soft cake with the yeah, yeah with the cream filling in the middle? It's like it's like a uh, long Oreo but soft and with cream. If in the they middle. do, I don't remember. I don't. I used to eat those when I was a kid, but not you so know much. those are jam. Don't get me wrong; those are good. I don't yeah. think they're a little Debbie product though. Gotcha. The last see two episodes ago we had. We had, or a couple episodes ago, we had Road Dog, just Jesse James. He eats his number one honey buns with butter. That is a very southern thing. Ron Frunches does Star Crunch in the microwave. Huh. Both of them said you got to heat them up. Okay. Road Dog and Funches said heat them up. Okay. It's like levels though. I mean, it's advanced for you. <laughs> I like where you're going. We figured out you're a brownie slut. Yes. That's what we figured out. All right, three. Three albums on the deserted island. This is, we're not getting into an argument. You're not saying these are the three greatest albums of all time. You're stuck on a deserted island. You might want to go live. You might want to go greatest hits. You're just stuck with these three albums forever. Music album. Now, there's going to be a spring sting in here, but I want to know. Three albums on the deserted album. Power Ridge by ACDC, which is my all-time really? That's my all-time favorite album. Really? Mm-hmm. When's yep. the last time you listened to it? Uh, two days ago. And you go front to back? You don't pick and choose, right? I go, go front, front to back. back. Uh, my favorite yeah. ACDC song of all time is Gone Shooting, which you might recall from the Beavis and Butthead movie. Sure. <laughs> is, Nicely done. That is my all-time favorite ACDC song. Um, have you seen is, the new Beavis and Butthead? I have not, but I very much I haven't have. either. I, I hope there's an ACDC song in it because they <laughs> love ACDC. Um, Power Ridge. Darkness on the Edge of Town by Springsteen. Uh, and then they had to move, bros. Then. Uh, mm. Mm-hmm. Greatest hits. Live album. What do you got? You're making me pick between three here because I've got three. Oh. Are. Tell me your thought process. I'll take all three and look. So, so my three, the first one that comes to mind is Wasting Light by Foo Fighters, which I think is one of the greatest Great albums of the last 15 years. Great album. Um, there's you a, seen band, a lot? Yes, I've seen them multiple times. Incredible. Just tragic what happened with Taylor Hawkins. Incredible. Absolutely tragic. Um, there's a band called the Menzingers that I absolutely love that are like the Menzingers. Menzingers. I listened to I really got they're a band that you listen to if you want to feel. And that's that's got all up in your feels. Oh, I get up in my feels with music all the time. Music Rock. therapy. Music therapy. Uh, it can vary, but music therapy is a really big thing for me. But I'm saying what is Menzingers? Rock? Oh, so it's like um alt punk with with very much there's definitely springs springstonian vibes if you will um, okay in the songwriting okay. but it's it's i'm going through my high school emo stage now <laughs> so that and then there's a band called the gaslight anthem which is also jersey okay. rock kind of vibe yes. and they have an album called handwritten that is i'm actually going to be getting my first tattoo soon and it's going to be a lyric from one of those songs whoa so, 
I think I'm going to go with that one, handwritten by Gaslight Anthem. What's the lyric? Uh, it's going to be right here on my forearm, and it's going to be from my heart to your distress. And basically what that means is with every difficult decision that you make in life, try to do it with the best intentions of not hurting others in the process. Of Whoa. Doing, doing it from a good place, doing it from a place of love, from a place of care. So it's a little deep, but yeah, that, super impressionable. When did that come out? That album? Yeah. 2012. Ish. 2012. 2012. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Which means you're like one. But, I opened up for them, actually, at the Stone Pony. What I do you mean? Not, I was not one years old. My band opened up for them uh, on that tour. What? Yeah, so that was cool. No way! Yeah, that was cool. Biggest band you've opened up for is? Probably them. Probably them? Probably them. That's strong. Yeah, man. Let's get it in Nashville. Get the tat in there. Maybe my sister's wedding. My sister's wedding is coming up, and I got to make sure that it would be all healed by then. As as long as it's all healed by then, then yeah, she would hate me for the rest. Of all my right, we'll get it now so we can see it. At hey, okay, that's what we need. There we go. All right, two. Give me two movies you watch the most. The Dark Knight. And Strong. and I hope this is one of your all time favorites because it's certainly one of mine. Uh, the Naked Gun. <laughs> okay, I did not see that coming. The naked a fantastic gun. movie. I'll watch it anytime you want to. We the fact incredible. That the naked. I don't know if you saw this the other day. There was a big brawl between the Seattle Mariners and the Angels. Yes, and it was manifested by Naked Gun. The Mariners <laughs> and the Angels had a fisticuffs brawl in that movie. I didn't put that together. That's the Queen amazing. of England. The Queen of England was there. But yeah. still not this time. But yeah, man. Incredible. And I stand by the Naked Gun is a baseball movie. Naked Gun. An entire third of that movie takes place in a baseball stadium. It is a baseball <laughs> movie. Okay. Incredible. Yeah. All right. I did uh, not see that coming. That's a good call. Nice beaver. All right. So, one. <laughs> now, as a, as a young man, there was not a funnier joke. <laughs> oh, I, 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 nice beaver thanks i just got his stuff the other day hello hello <laughs> uh yeah no you that was the smartest comedy on the face oh, amazing here. it's so stupid but it's so smart no that's what i mean like now i'm like it's silly i'm all in still love it still hands up still holds up but i'm like at that point i'm like well this is genius yeah. this is the most genius movie ever yes all right one Give me one comedian. Who's your favorite comedian right now? Cassio Kid. No, bullshit. <laughs> Come on. Um, it's a tie between Nick Kroll and John Mulaney because they're such a team. They do so much stuff. Very funny stuff. Uh, Big Mouth is my favorite show right, okay. out there right now. So I love anything John Mulaney and Nick Both Kroll. of them absolutely genius. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right, now we know John Alba. It took up a lot of the podcast. I'm, I'm a bit of a banterer, sorry. <laughs> no, I like it. I like this um so let's go into now we know who you are what you're doing now you've got two solid we can go to every time weekly i know you do a lot of stuff for ad free shows but you do two solid hey uh you are the the rock on them one let's talk about hardy pod uh matt hardy is your uh what, what do you call him? Not co-host. What do you call him? He's the star of the show. He is. 
Okay. So you're the host. He's the star. Did you know Hardy before this? How are you getting into this? This is a very cool story. So growing up, I had three favorites. The Rock, because everyone loved The Rock. Who didn't love The Rock? Come on. Kurt Angle. Okay. And Matt Hardy. For whatever reason, I always felt, and I love Jeff too, I love the Hardy boys, but I always felt like Matt Hardy was the secret sauce of the Hardy boys. Like, are you a Van Halen fan? You ever listen to Van Halen? Yeah, come on with it. Michael Anthony, his back of vocals, those high-pitched back of vocals, that's the secret sauce of Van Halen, right? Like, you could listen to Van Halen without Michael Anthony, and okay, that's Eddie playing guitar, but it doesn't sound like a Van Halen song until you hear Matt, um, Michael Anthony's back vocals. I talked about, what well, and his bass. His bass, his bass, I mean, bass he too. gets overshadowed because of all the other vocals is incredible. Eddie, of course, is incredible. His bass, really. Sure. And a lot of their songs, driving force behind those songs. So he's the secret sauce of Van Halen. Right? Okay. All right. That's how I looked at Matt Hardy. So I knew a lot about Matt Hardy, and I always thought that Matt Hardy was such an insightful, smart wrestling mind. Matt Hardy, think of how many trends Matt Hardy was ahead of. Matt Hardy was one of the first wrestlers to embrace the internet, whereas other wrestlers were like, oh, this is stupid. Nobody's going to. His webpage was incredible. The Matt Facts, all that stuff. He was, he, he changed wrestling forever with the cinematic stuff. Wrestling will oh. never be the same because of what he did with cinematic wrestling. When he starts dilapidated boat and everything, I'm like, I'm not even watching. My wife was into it. She was, yeah. I don't know what's happening, but I'm fascinated. But I'm loving this. Yeah. So I was like, man, you know what? This guy would make a great podcast one day because He's so smart, and there's so much he could teach people. Is he the biggest star in wrestling history? No, but he's part of one of the biggest tag teams ever. There's no doubt that. What is that. I think a lot of people know Hardy Boys. Exactly. So in pop culture, too, yeah. people know the Hardy Boys. That's what I'm saying, just in general. So I, I kind of picked up a little prominence on like wrestling social media, reporting stuff, and he followed me eventually, and we exchanged pleasantries. And then when Conrad brought me on, I was like, you know what? this is time I'm going to pitch this. And I was like, this guy's going to make a great podcast. I just have to get him on board. He's at a point in his career where I think he might be interested. So I, I sent him a DM. I was like, Matt, I got this idea. All I need is five minutes of your time and I'm going to pitch it to you. And I went three weeks without hearing anything. So I'm like, all right, that's it. He just, he hated it. But then I got a call randomly. I got a call randomly. It said Hardy comma Matt. And I was like, Oh, incredible so i answered it and he's like i got seven minutes pitch me so i pitched him and he's like i'm in so what i have discovered through that podcast is matt and i are very much kindred spirits and how we look at wrestling and how we digest wrestling yeah it's probably why you were attracted to it's I'm a slut for matt hardy what can i say (laughs) i didn't want to say it but yeah so it loses a lot of things but yeah I just felt like we would have synergy. I feel like if you listen to the podcast, our chemistry is really strong. And I guarantee you, if you listen to it, you will learn something about wrestling. He is so insightful and has so much to offer. So it's, it's been really fun, man. I've really enjoyed it. You've covered a lot. You guys 
I mean, just like a lot of shows on Ad Free Shows, there's a lot to get to cover. Uh, whether you want to cover a specific show or a specific wrestler mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be, as you've got into this, uh, and I, I'm going to be honest, I forgot when it started now, but it's okay. You don't listen to it. It's fine. Give, I, I it. do listen to it. <laughs> I'm just give or take. Give or take. How how long is it? How many we started, months? We started in January. Okay, six months. What was like a, I don't know, eye-opening moment? Maybe what you go, oh, my God, I didn't know this about him. What was like a moment where you like, whoo, that kind of, that was kind of a big moment for me. So I'll tell you what, we did a five-part series, I believe it was, maybe six parts, called Becoming Broken. And it was the start of the broken character all the way until WrestleMania 33. Thank you. And we did a character study we did a six-part character study i was just blown away by the amount of thought that went into the broken character it's it's truly incredible and any person who is aspiring to be a pro wrestler should listen to that series because you will learn so incredible character about character psychology development and more than anything else just learning how to think on your feet and come up with new ideas on the fly because that's what a lot of the broken character was People tuned in for that character. It I mean, that, impact. That, that says a lot yeah. of. I, I complete curtain back. I didn't. I didn't watch any part of Impact at that point. And somebody, probably Conrad, but somebody goes, "Have you seen what Matt Hardy's doing?" And you go, "No." One, I didn't remember that he was an Impact. And two, why would I watch that? And you see a video and you go, what, what's happening? This is incredible. This is next level stuff. Uh, he embraced everything and brought it together at the same time. What I love about Matt is that Matt challenges what wrestling can be. He thinks wrestling can be anything. And yeah. I agree with that. You know, yes. you're going to have your cornets out there and those types will be like, no, it's got to be this, this, and this. And that's wrestling. But I think we're in an era now where fans aren't stupid. Fans are in on the gag. I always say objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. Right. So let's embrace that and let's play into that and let's have some fun with it. So I I know some people might be hesitant when they hear, oh, Matt Hardy podcast. Why do I need to listen to that? I think anybody who gives it a chance will walk away after one episode and be, I wasn't expecting to learn that much. I wasn't expecting to. It's. I think this is the perfect comparison I draw. And I was talking to some people on the team recently about this too. It is like my world. Whereas my world, though, focuses more on like the business side of things, because that's where well, Jeff Jarrett, for those that are watching. Jeff yes. Jarrett, Sorry, yeah. Jeff Jarrett's podcast, My World. Um, Jeff really owns in on the business side of things. And you learn yeah. so much about that. This podcast is about the creative side of wrestling and the why of wrestling. And he gets into the same nuances that Jeff does in a different way. So in I, a I, creative character way. Yes. So I highly encourage people to check that out and you'll learn a lot about storytelling and, you know, funny people think of Matt Hardy as, Oh, he's a stunt man. He and Jeff, they're stunt men. Right. But there's so much more beneath all that. Well, I mean, first of all, if anybody's listened to this pod or heard me on other pods that cover wrestling, WrestleMania 17, their match is my favorite match of all time. It's in my top five too. I'm with you. It's my number one. I, I don't, 
just they they did it perfectly. It's absurd, but they did it like it's supposed to be absurd. They told the story leading up to. I mean, you, you know, you got to be in the whole thing. But even I, I showed my wife, who is not into wrestling at all, uh, but she'll be a star cast working at the table. But that's because <laughs> I sucked her in. I, uh, she was like, hey, what do you like? And I said, watch this. This is my jam. And she was like, well, this is insane. Like, I don't even know how you could put all this together. Like, just, it's absurd. Like you said, we know what's happening. We know what to expect, kind of. And they they still pulled it off amazingly. And and we're leading a long-term chronicle up to TLC2. That's going to be like the climax of our podcast. We started Incredible. with the No Mercy Tag Team Ladder Match, and we worked our way to 2000 with March with WrestleMania 2000, which was the Triangle Ladder Match. We had Christian Cage on for that. And Christian even said, it's a spectacle, but there's no story to this match. Then huh. you get the first TLC which we're about to get to in about a month. And there's starting to be a little more story in this. And then you get to TLC two, where it's a spectacle, but damn, do they tell a great story in that. It's incredible. So the evolution is very cool to track. All right. Let me ask you this. Um, and this is just, I don't know if anybody will appreciate it, but it's my fascination as a host, me hosting, not only this and you hosting your stuff, and we both doing ad-free shows, you know, you, you fill in, I fill in, whatever the deal is. If you go to adfreeshows.com, you're going to see my, your face. My point is this, uh, this is getting into the, uh, weeds or whatever it is into the weeds, into the, into the grit. You are a host. You're now, I'm sure you assume you're, you're friends with Matt now. You've hosted, you talk every week at least. Talk about how you personally, John Alba, handles the situation a few months ago or a few weeks ago now with Jeff getting in trouble again. And now you've got to log on and do a show with his brother, who, of course, everybody immediately goes, What's Matt going to say about Jeff? Um, And we saw his wife post about it, the whole deal. Let me talk to you as a host, as a podcast guy. How did you approach that? What did you think when you saw it? Like, how did that? Just tell me John Alba's view of that. So if I can speak about myself here for a quick second without the risk of sounding like a pompous douchebag. Please. Um, I believe my strongest broadcasting work is when I am forced to connect human emotion to whatever I'm presenting. And what I mean by that is it's a lesson I learned in my TV news career specifically, and I can date it too. It was the 2020 Daytona 500. Ryan Newman crashed on the final lap and everyone thought he was dead. And I was covering this yeah. in, in Daytona. I was live 11 times nationally that night. And normally when you're live in TV, you want to script out a good chunk of what you're saying so that you don't get facts wrong. You don't mess anything up like that. 
but it Let's was so the cliff notes so i don't mess anything up bingo and then we'll adapt as it goes but it was such a real authentically scary human experience we all thought he was dead yeah and i said to the anchors who were tossing to me i said i don't want to know what you're going to ask me i'm not going to prepare any notes i know what happened i know when it happened just ask me and i'm just going to tell you and that night changed my broadcasting career i got nominated for an emmy for it it was there were a lot of people and i took note of this there were other sportscasters next to me who were very much like it was on the last lap when ryan newman came around turn three and he went airborne and uh, the response unit was quick to get out to him i just spoke like how i'm speaking to you right now and it was the and it was the only time in my career at that particular outlet that my boss told me that they were proud of me and that i did a good job because I felt like I connected authentically and to real human emotion. So when this Jeff situation happens, it's gutting, obviously, because on the selfish front, it screwed up a lot of cool plans that we had for the sure. summer. We had some Starcast plans. We had plans for a really cool podcast that we were about to do. This coming week's show is about Jeff Hardy versus The Undertaker in the ladder match, and we were going to have Jeff on for that. And so, yeah, so that stuff got screwed up, but that's arbitrary. What's more important is that Matt's okay and that Jeff's okay and that it's a very personal thing. So I said to Matt, I was like, Matt, what do you want to do? I said, if you want to do a greatest hits, we can do a greatest hits. I said, or we can take advantage of this and try to turn this into a learning lesson. And he's like, "I, I like the idea of that. And we did an entire episode. It was an hour and a half on mental health and addiction. And it is the incredible. Thank you. It is the proudest piece of content I've ever laid down in my career. So I think you just have to learn in situations like that, how to connect with the viewer, how to connect with the listener in a very real and authentic way. Don't BS them. There are obviously some things we could talk about and some things we couldn't talk about because it's a legal situation. But I thought that by the end of that episode, less people cared about what happened with Jeff Hardy than hey, I learned something from this episode about being okay to handle mental health, being okay to talk about addiction, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because the, you know, the one of the first things that I thought of was when you see the story break and everybody's talking about it, I, and I don't know if it was a personal thing or um, being in the business and being connected, we're all in the same company. But I thought, well, I've got to listen to heart Matt's pod because, because he's so close to it. So I, I was glad you guys at least addressed it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I thought the well, at least could. they've got to address it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Best you could. Like you said, there's a lot of things moving parts and stuff going on, but <clears throat> I thought I'm glad, I'm glad it wasn't a runaway situation. Let's act like it didn't happen. Let's cover back at the beach, you know, just act like it didn't happen. Thought it was very nicely done for you. And I, and you. I hope everybody goes and listens to you two guys talk about that and the entire situation that is that addiction, that problem, that whole mental health issue. I appreciate that. Thank you. And the one thing I will always say about Matt, Matt is the most transparent guy I've ever met in wrestling. He doesn't BS. He doesn't lie. There's a lot of carnies out there. There's a lot of showmen. It's show business at the end of the day. 
He yeah. doesn't beat around the bush on that. So I highly recommend people listen as well. Well, when you talk to him next, uh, my wife wants one of those uh, foam deals he had for his party recently. Uh, oh, oh yeah, party. yeah, yeah. Please tell him to give me the <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll hook you up with that. That's a Rebby Hardy question. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Forming a relationship with Rebby Hardy was much more important than forming a relationship with Matt Hardy. I need I to make that very clear to everybody. Well, look, if anybody knows anything about John Alma, you form great relationship with people's wives. Um, <laughs> let's, let's talk and about objects, apparently. Too, <laughs> let's, let's talk about wives of wrestling. Your other podcast that you uh, regularly co-host. That's going to be every Monday. People can check out that. But uh, you have got your hands full. Two strong, powerful, opinionated, hilarious. Firecracker. Just, okay, firecracker. Just <laughs> fun human beings. Tell everybody if they have not listened and have not tuned in, Wives of Wrestling, what's going on there? We call it our weekly Monday happy hour and <laughs> is unlike any wrestling podcast that has ever existed. It is a wrestling podcast. That's not about wrestling. We talk about life, love, sex, family, drinking. We drink on air. We do an opening toast to get my little JMO in there. We, uh, Oh, wait, wait, let's do this then. Um, I, I usually don't give away what's in my cup, but, this is Jameson and Diet Sprite. Okay. Cheers. Mm. Mm. I like that it's Diet Sprite to watch your figure just a little bit, you know? Thank you, um, When you see me at Starcast, you're going to be like, damn, it looks good. <laughs> uh, we have a swear jar where we count how many times we swear. Sure. It's a lot of swears, by the way. It's a lot of swears. When we had Rebby on, we broke. Uh, usually, usually uh, swear jars curb the swears. That does no. not happen for you This guys. encourages the swearing. <laughs> right. um, but it's super fun. And the reality is you never know what these women are going to say. Kim Orton a few weeks ago was just like, you know what? We got to talk about penises. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she goes, has anyone noticed that on any given night, there are five to 50 penises on TV. I said, what do you mean? What do you mean? I, 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 go check out the episode, man. It, it was it was a 10 minute conversation about penises. Let's tell everybody <laughs> mm-hmm. to uh, make sure they have not. If they haven't heard you, you mentioned Kim. That is Randy Orton's wife. It is Randy Orton's wife. Giovanna Angle is Kurt's wife, obviously. Kurt Angle's wife, uh, mm-hmm. Giovanna and Kim. And you are trying your best not very good it's like herding cats uh you try to wrangle them in yeah and at least get them through an episode and we have a blast um, we have a blast did you know either one of them beforehand nope i had someone from the ad free shows team the podcast heat team come up to me and say john you're gonna host a podcast with <laughs> on angle and kim Warren and figure it out so we spent five months figuring out what this podcast was going to be. And I like that challenge because at my core, I'm a producer. I'm a content creator. So yeah. I was like, okay, what can we do with this? There were no plans. Let's it was create. Just, it was just, you're going, to have, you're going to host a show with these two women who you've never met, you've never talked to. Oh, and by the way, they're best friends. So then I had to spend, Casio four months getting to know these women. 
we would talk on the phone at nine o'clock at night. Like, you know, you're just kicking your legs back in bed, just BSing and gossiping about things. I had to learn about their entire lives and form a rapport with them because it's, it's a very different podcast. You are supposed to listen to this and not know that you're listening to a podcast. Right. So I think most people enjoy it. And the greatest compliment I get from wrestling fans in particular is when they discover it, they go, there's no reason that I should love this podcast, but it is my guilty <laughs> pleasure. And I guarantee you, I guarantee no it. Reason. <laughs> you get, I guarantee it. You give it one listen, you will be hooked. Because I'll tell you, I did not, uh, I did not listen until early on. They, uh, we were all in Dallas, and Ric Flair had a live appearance at yes. a bar in Dallas, and they both showed up. Yes. They went on stage and I and was like, great. okay, I want to see Ric Flair, but okay, if he's bringing them out, it's clearly going to be fun. And they came out and were just, you could tell, like you said, they're best friends. They know what each other's going to say. They love each other. They're feeding off of each other. It's like everybody's best friend. You know, you're inside yeah. jokes, you know, the whole deal. And when they were on stage, I was like, that's, that's fun right there. And, That's and fun. I'm going to give him a shot. The beauty is you never know what you're going to learn about Kurt Angle and Randy Orton in the process. <laughs> that's that's hey. the hidden gem of the show. Yeah, I was about to say, that's the even better part. Because all of a sudden you'll hear that Kurt Angle only wears underwear to bed and uses furry slippers as he walks around at night. Or you'll hear how Kim shaves Randy Orton on all four legs. <laughs> so those, that is the beauty. And then we get guests, other wives of wrestlers, which is just a totally different perspective on wrestling. So no, it's it, a fascinating part. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I love doing that show. One of them just called me as we were talking here. So oh, really? I'll get Very seven nice. calls a day from them. I got a, uh, I got a, not to brag, but since we're bragging about missed calls, got a missed call from David Crockett while we were on. So, That's pretty uh, cool. That's pretty cool. We, we both got good missed calls. I know, I know he butt dialed you, but outside of that. <laughs> no, I don't even know I got my number, but yeah, it's, it's probably an issue with something at ad free shows, but we'll deal with it. Uh, uh, and of course, if everybody is in ad free, first of all, whilst wrestling that hardy pod, tell them how they can consume those. Come on. Yeah extremehardy.com is where you can find the Matt Hardy podcast that will give you every single way to listen to it that you can possibly imagine. I will say this, both shows are benefited from YouTube viewing these shows, especially the live show. It is definitely, they lend themselves to a viewing experience that you can totally listen to them as well. Matt Hardy drops every Friday at 6 a.m. The wives drop every Monday at 6 a.m. So if you're getting your drink on at 6 a.m., I'm not judging you. That's cool. Do your thing. And have fun with us. Absolutely. Have fun with us. And then there's, as Matt Hardy says, he's got a gaggle of children. I've got a gaggle of shows on adfreeshows.com as well. You'll fill in. It's like, it's like myself. You never know when you'll see us on adfree shows. And that's a good thing. Yeah. I, I, I listen and I love what I do. i got up for debate which is like part in the interruption about nostalgia wrestling it's super cool i get to do that with my old co-host of one of my old podcasts doug mcdonald we have a ton of fun doing that i've got strictly business with eric bischoff which is a very incredible thank you appreciate that it's fun it's a fun show and it's different it's eric getting into the weeds of wrestling a little bit more and me calling him out on bs 
in the process, but that's fun. I got my one-on-one series, which is a premium series. Whenever I get a big one-on-one interview with someone in wrestling, we do that too. I've got a couple pilots that we're working on right now that I can't talk about, but that's very Come on. And I host Top Guy Tuesday every Tuesday night on ad-free shows for our Top Guys, which is a lot of fun. And that, by the way, those are those are characters in themselves. That is the zoo. <laughs> All right, dude, man, I appreciate you joining us. I know you got a lot going on. Uh, big fan. Can't wait to see you in Nashville. We're going to have some fun. Incredible work you're doing for ad-free shows and for everything else, man. Uh, I will forgive your love for the 90s Yankees, uh, but... I was happy for the Braves when they won this year. I was happy for the Braves. Were you really? I was. I was. Because I... First off, my sister is marrying a Braves fan, and I could see just how badly he was... He wanted it. So I I had some inherent bias there. But they encompassed everything great about a playoff team. They get hot at the right time, and they won. So... I, I, I give a lot of kudos to that. You know, being a being a Braves fan my whole life, um, you know, when they were winning, you know, 12 games a year when I was a kid, and then seeing them blossom into what happened in the 90s. Um, and then, it, you know, it, it going away and you get frustrated. Uh, it was just, like you said, it was appreciative to see, man, I mean, sure, they got studs, but – when I was watching the 90s, baseball. when I was in 90s, it was like you said, it was I see Maddox Glavin and Smoltz. We're gonna we're gonna do this. And it was the disappointment. Yeah, we got one, but still every year it was 96 you know, and 99 were great years, weren't they? Oh, come on. <laughs> we got Yankees and the twins. I hate all of them, okay? Toronto, the whole deal. But seeing that team go. Like you said, they get hot at the right time. Let's end hot. Let's go hot. And just dudes, dudes that you didn't really bank on, they're getting hot at the right. I mean, that that's what's awesome yeah. about baseball. And just who gets hot, let's do this together. And I love Snicker, too. I've, I've interviewed him a few times. He's a great manager, and I, I love watching them. So I, you know, I'm luckily, as my old age, uh, luckily I would have never – told my younger self that I would be friends with Tony Schiavone and we text constantly. And the fact that I text him about brave stuff is one of the highlights of my personal life that I don't talk about that it's not out there, but just, you know, he's been friends with Snicker since he joined the system. I mean, you know, Tony's doing double a and triple a and single a and the whole deal. And to go for him to go, as a friend go just as a friendship to see Snicker get something like that is pretty incredible. Yeah. And it's awesome. It's, it's, it's what I love about baseball. It's what you love about baseball. How it's, can it's, you not be romantic about baseball? <laughs> Come on. Uh, I'll get my base. I'm, after we sign off, I'm getting my baseball car collection out. Just all right. I'm flipping through the top 87 tops to, to, to make sure I remember. Love everything. that. All right, dude. Man, pleasure to have you on, brother. Incredible stuff. Can't wait to see you in Nashville. Everybody, go follow John Alba on everything, right? You're smart. You didn't (laughs) change it up. No, J-O-N-A-L-B-A. Lose the H-H's are for losers. That's what we say here. It's not John Alba 27 on Instagram and a different one on Twitter. 
I love everybody who keeps it simple. At John Alba, all over social media, brother. Pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for joining us, man. Thanks to you, Let's my friend. Thank you together. for this. Mm. Everybody, thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, go find John. Go find all his pods. Like and subscribe to them. And everybody, until next time, stay masked.